Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So how do we know Iran was behind this in the first place? Well, extensive reporting in the Wall Street Journal really shows it. Uh, Obviously, we have to make sure we get all the facts. I think Senator Rand Paul said it best. We don't want to go to World War III here. We got to make sure we get all the evidence. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. But according to this, uh, the research that was done here, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard gave the final go ahead last Monday in Beirut. So Iranian security officials helped plan Hamas's Saturday surprise attack on Israel and gave the green light for the assault at a meeting in Beirut last Monday. According to senior members of Hamas and Hezbollah, another Iranian-backed militant group. Officers of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps had worked with Hamas since August to devise the air, land, and sea incursions, the most significant breach of Israel's borders since the 1973 Yom Kippur War. Details of the operation were refined during several meetings in Beirut attended by IRGC officers and representatives of four Iran-backed militant groups, including Hamas which holds power in Gaza, and Hezbollah, a Shiite militant group and political faction in Lebanon. U.S. officials say they haven't seen evidence of Tehran's involvement. In an interview with CNN that aired Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said, we have not yet seen evidence that Iran directed or was behind this particular attack, but there is certainly a long relationship. That's the clip I just played you. We don't have any information at this time to corroborate this account, he said. A European official and advisor to the Syrian government, however, gave the same account of Iran's involvement in the lead up to the attack as the senior Hamas and Hezbollah members did. Asked about the meeting, Mahmoud Mirdawi, a senior Hamas official, said the group planned the attacks on its own. This is a Palestinian and Hamas decision, he said. A spokesman for Iran's mission to the United States said the Islamic Republic stood in support of Gaza's actions, but didn't direct them quote the decisions made by the palestinian resistance are fiercely autonomous and unwaveringly aligned with the legitimate interests of the palestinian people we are not involved in palestinians palestine's response as it is taken solely by palestine itself 
Which, of course, Iran's going to say that because there's $6 billion waiting for them. So what the hell do you think they're going to say? Obviously. A direct Iranian role would take Tehran's long-running conflict with Israel out of the shadows, raising the risk of broader conflict in the Middle East. Senior Israeli security officials have pledged to strike at Iran's leadership if Tehran is found responsible for killing Israelis. Now, the Iranian guards broader plan to create a multi-front threat that can strangle Israel from all sides, Hezbollah and the popular front for the liberation of Palestine in the north and Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hamas in Gaza and the West Bank. This is according to senior Hamas and Hezbollah members and an Iranian official. Uh, The death toll now is over a thousand. Saturday's assault had punctured the country's aura of invincibility and left Israelis questioning how their vaunted security forces could let this happen. Israel's blaming Iran. Egypt is saying they tried to warn Israel. Israel's saying, BS, you didn't. And we have a lot of questions. I had a great conversation with Victoria Coates about this earlier in the show. If you missed it, it's podcast for you. Go back and listen to it. The question, of course, that I think everybody has to understand is what does Hamas say? Like, what are they saying? They're the ones doing this. What are they saying? Well, they publicly acknowledge receiving support from Iran in the past. And on Sunday, Iranian President Raisi talked to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad leader and Hamas chief. So they were having conversations. Hamas says Iran has given us support in the past. Iran has been setting aside other regional conflicts, such as its open feud with Saudi Arabia and Yemen to devote foreign resources toward coordinating, financing, and arming militias antagonistic to Israel, including Hamas and Hezbollah, which the United States of America has designated both of these organizations as terrorist organizations. We are now free to focus on the Zionist entity, the Iranian official said. They are now very isolated. The strike was intended to hit Israel while it appeared distracted by internal political divisions over Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government. It was also aimed at disrupting, accelerating U.S. brokered talks to normalize relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel that Iran saw as threatening. Now, this, I think, is the key part here, and I think Dr. Victoria Coates nailed it, right? Why now? Why at this moment? What? focus them to do it right at this point and the answer is because saudi arabia and israel are trying to make nice trying to forge an alliance here and normalize relations which is something the united states of america the trump administration was pushing very very hard for under the abraham accords remember trump was very close really jared kushner to the saudi crown prince and also he's jewish jared kushner was to netanyahu And he and his people, they were working, Coates was involved, brokering this peace, trying to broker peace here. The thinking being that if you can get Saudi Arabia, Israel, Egypt to all get along, and then you isolate Iran as being nuts and leave Iran here. But the problem is, of course, that the minute that the Biden administration got in there, that stopped being the case. Iran was not isolated. Iran started having a new customer. I mean, it already was, but now increasing their customer base with China, selling them oil. And at the very same time, of course, 
their alliance with Russia gets strengthened as the United States gets more involved in Ukraine. These things don't happen in vacuums. As the United States of America pushes into Ukraine more, Russia and their alliance with Iran grows stronger, just as Russia's alliance with China and Iran grows stronger. These things don't happen in a vacuum. They never do. The strike was intended to hit Israel while it would appear distracted by internal political divisions because a lot of people in both Saudi Arabia and Israel didn't like the fact that maybe they were going to be trying to get along here. So senior Hamas and Hezbollah members said this was they viewed this as their opportunity to strike and do something here. Building on peace deals with Egypt and Jordan. Expanding Israeli ties with Gulf Arab states could create a chain of American allies linking three key choke points of global trade. The Suez Canal, the Strait of Hormuz, and Bab al-Mandib, connecting the Red Sea to the Arabian Sea. This was said by a resident scholar whose name is Hussein Ibish. He is a scholar at the Arab Gulf States Institute in Washington. He said that's very bad news for Iran. If they could do this, the strategic map changes dramatically to Iran's detriment. Leading the effort to wrangle Iran's foreign proxies under unified command has been the leader of the Iranian Guard's international military arm, the Quds. Now, remember when Trump had that General Soleimani whacked years ago, very early on in his presidency, He was the general in charge of the Quds force back then. So they've wanted revenge, obviously. They launched coordination among several militias surrounding Israel in April during a meeting in Lebanon. Hamas began working more closely with other groups, such as Hezbollah, for the first time. Around that time, Palestinian groups staged a rare set of limited strikes on the direction of Iran, said the Iranian official. It was a roaring success. Iran has long backed Hamas, but as a Sunni Muslim group, it had been an outsider among Tehran's Shia group until recent months when cooperation among the groups accelerated. Remember, these people are all freaking nuts, these fanatics. They are. They're all freaking nuts. And so the Sunnis and the Shias hate each other's guts. They all hate each other. But if they can come together at certain times, then they do. And that's what happens. And then they wind up hating each other again. And you've seen this throughout time, the Iran-Iraq war. I mean, the Egypt, you've seen this over the years. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But there are moments where the Sunni whack jobs and the Shia whack jobs all come together to form a Wonder Twin Powers whack job. And that's what they did in this case as well. Representatives of these groups have met with Quds Force leaders at least bi-weekly in Lebanon since August to discuss this weekend's attack on Israel and what happens next. The head of the Iranian Republican Guard attended some of these meetings, along with Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, Islamic Jihad leader al-Nakahala, and Sali al-Harui. I'm not obviously saying any of these names right, and I don't really care. Hamas's military chief. Iranian Foreign Minister Hassan Amir Abdulanian attended at least two of the meetings. An attack of such scope could have only happened after months of planning and would not have happened without coordination with Iran. Hamas, like Hezbollah in Lebanon, does not single-handedly make decisions to engage in war without prior explicit agreement from Iran. Well, obviously, because they got to make sure that the money's still going to flow and they got to make sure that the 
the forces will be there if they need them. Because Israel's a very, very badass country. The Palestinian and Lebanese militia's ability to coordinate with Iran will be tested in the coming days as Israel's response comes into focus. Egypt, now here's the Egypt issue into all this. So Egypt is trying to mediate. They said that an Israeli ground invasion into Gaza would trigger a military response from Hezbollah, opening up a second battlefront, which is where things are headed right now. Hamas has called on Palestinians in the West Bank and Palestinian citizens of Israel to take up arms and join the fight. There have been limited clashes in the West Bank, but no reports of clashes between Arabs and Jews inside Israel, as what happened in May of 2021 when Israel and Gaza last engaged in extended combat. Now, this article is a little bit older, so that may have changed since then. I don't know. I'm just sharing with you what the information at this point is at this moment. The Iranian officials said that if Iran were attacked, it would respond with missile strikes on Israel from Lebanon, Yemen, and Iran, and send Iranian fighters into Israel from Syria to attack cities in the north and east of Israel. Now, this is why the USS Gerald R. Ford is going down there, because the idea would be it would flick these planes out of the sky very, very easily if that is necessary. So it's much more of a deterrent. Don't try it. Iran's backing of a coordinated group of Arab militias is ominous for Israel. In previous conflicts, the Soviet Union was the ultimate patron of Israel's Arab enemies and was always able to pressure them to reach some type of accommodation or recognize a red line. The Soviets never considered Israel a permanent foe. Iran's leadership clearly does, they said. So, Biden today came out and rambled and babbled. I'm going to play a little bit of what he said today. And I will, I will, I will tell you that, yes, he's very strong in his comments about Israel. He doesn't mention Iran. And as usual, he's also trying to be very, very nice to the wackos, the anti-Semites in his party, for whatever reason, I don't know. But there's no question that what's happening right now, and you see the pictures, and you see the videos, and you see what's happening, and now Israel's going on the offensive. The U.S. is warning Hezbollah not to engage here. They're saying, don't get involved here along the Israeli-Gaza border. Don't get involved here. The Pentagon is warning Iran and the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah to think twice before joining the conflict and said it was prepared to come to Israeli's defense. See, I think that right now is what the United States is hoping the I think the outcome is, you know, I, I you know me. Look, I always tell you all the time to be very leerful, leery of the military industrial complex. But I genuinely think at this moment in time, everybody wants this to back down. Israel's going to do what it needs to do and has to do to get revenge here, to push back, to reclaim this territory and to do what Israel does, which is to make sure that the world knows you can't pull this crap on Israel, which is similar to what Senator Rand Paul said in his comments. You've got to let Israel do what it's got to do here. And they they deserve to do it after what's happened here. You see, I look at the movements right now that are happening as a deterrent to Hezbollah and to Iran to say, you better stay the hell out of it. Israel's going to go in there and exact revenge against Hamas. Now, maybe, possibly, part of the pussyfooting around of the $6 billion right now may be strategy. It may be strategy that says, until this thing cools down, we got to pretend like you're still going to get the money, even though the United States of America would be stupid beyond belief, and it would be such political suicide, the United States to still unfreeze that $6 billion for Israel, uh, for um, Iran. 
knowing that Iran has acknowledged that they back Hamas. Hamas has acknowledged that Iran backs them. It'd be political suicide. But perhaps right now, as everybody's trying to keep World War III from breaking out, maybe that language is very tailored and targeted for that purpose. I don't know. I, one thing I do know, though, is the president has no idea what the hell go, is going on. But I do think there are smart forces at play right now, which is why we're sending down this massive strike force, U.S. aircraft carrier strike force we're sending down there right now, which is a good message to Hezbollah and to Iran. Be very, very careful here. Because we're not we're not messing around. But I don't I don't think for a second that these things happen in isolated instances. I think that it's very obvious here. A couple of key geopolitical issues that have been going on. Number one is the idea that the United States of America has been pushing for Israel and Saudi Arabia to have better relations, which I think is a good thing. But the but the Muslims In Iran, hate the Muslims in Saudi Arabia, and the Muslims in Saudi Arabia hate the Muslims in Iran. So the idea now that there can be this agreement between these two, unacceptable, absolutely not. Iran, the Islamic Republic of of Iran, is literally dedicated to destroying not only Israel, but also to destroying Saudi Arabia. Remember that. Meanwhile, we're in this Ukraine conflict that Europe doesn't seem to care about, and it's all us. We're all in on this thing. And at the very same time we're doing that, Russia is budding up and cozying up with Iran and China. At the very same time, while this is happening, our, our border is wide open at the southern border, and it's a freaking mess down there. You see, we're not exactly projecting the greatest amount of strength or organization or policy doctrine at the moment. So it's wonderful to come out and say we stand with Israel, and all that's great and should be said. Obviously, Israel is our ally, and we have to make sure we say those things. But I don't think for a moment Anybody thinks that a war on two fronts here, which is literally the plot of Jack Carr's book. If you read Jack Carr's latest book, which is called, um, having a moment, Matt DeSantis. Damn it. Uh, The latest one. The new one. I can't think of it. The Savage, the thing. The thing, Sebastian, this is a hell of a brain fart here. Would somebody Google it for me? He's doing it. I'm, I'll do it right now. How does it take you to Google? What do you got? I have a Commodore well, 64 a, in there? There's a bunch. I think it's Only the Dead, but I'm not entirely Only Jack the Dead. Carr Thank you. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> only right. the Dead. Is that what did you search? Jack Carr book? I just yeah. typed in Jack Carr, but there was like nine million of them that, uh, that popped up. So literally, the plot of Jack Carr's book, Only the Dead, is that Russia... Stages an attack against Israel that it blames on Iran for the purposes of getting the United States of America embroiled in a conflict in the Middle East and starting World War III. That's literally the plot of Jack's book. We should see if he'd come on and chat about this because that would be a great conversation to have. I'm not saying that that's what's happening here. I'm just simply saying that the the fact of the Russia-Iran alliance and the fact that obviously it would be very much to Russia's advantage if we get involved in, in, in two fronts here. It'd be very much to Russia's advantage. It'd be very much to China's advantage. I mean, if Russia and China see the United States of America embroiled in a conflict in Ukraine and also embroiled in a conflict in Iran, they're going to be thrilled. They, they'd, be, they'd, be, they'd be thrilled right now. So, you know, as, as people like Lindsey Graham start banging the war drums, I think they need to take a breath here and realize what the depth and the scope of that means at this point for the United States of America. And these people don't seem capable of doing that. 
855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli is the number. Uh, before I go to break, though, let me play what Rand Paul said over the week. He said this last night to Jesse Waters, and I think he's right. We have to take a breath. We have to understand the scope of Iran's involvement here. Cut 18. You know, I have nothing but sympathy for the Israeli people at this point in time. I think that the primary objective at this time has to be to get the people that attacked them. They were in Gaza. Uh, Before we think about spreading this to the rest of the world, maybe we ought to think about exactly what's going on on the ground there. I do think that there is immediate reaction sometimes to let's get everybody, let's get everybody who's responsible. And without question, Iran had their hands in this. But you remember after 9-11, there were people who wanted to attack Iraq. They said Iraq caused 9-11. Turned out Iraq didn't have anything to do with 9-11. So let's see where the facts lie. Let's investigate this. And let Israel need to do what they need to do, which is to, to uh, have a punishing response to the people in Gaza to say no more. We're not going to let this happen again. When you follow the money, if the it's in the blood, not only the dead. DeSantis, can you do anything the first time around the right way? Thank God for Road Warrior. Thank God for him. It says only the dead came out in 2023. In the blood is 2022. Wait, you now said most you. recent. Uh-oh. I have every one of his books, and now I can't think of it. <laughs> Book six is only the dead. Yep, sorry, Road Warrior. You're wrong. DeSantis was right. Warrior. I have to say, I hate to say it. I hate to say DeSantis was right, but it was you. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Road Warrior's going to be angry now. He's just going to make fun of me for the rest of the evening. Good, he should. No, I don't want that. You deserve it. You deserve it. I deserve it for Actually, being Road right. Warrior deserves yeah, it. Yeah, he's the one who screwed up. <laughs> So and I just said, assuming you read only the dead, I mean, in the blood, I mean, only the dead. This is a text that I'm actually <laughs> sending right now. Unbelievable. All right. Let me take a break. My brain is frying right now. Uh, my buddy, Tom Skopinich, he's the guy that's going to help you if you are injured in an accident. Scopelawyer.com. S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. Great guy, great friend, and he's a fighter. And that's what you need. If you're hurt in an accident, that's exactly what you need. You need somebody who's going to go to the mattresses for you. As we say, go to the mattresses. And you know what that means, right? That means they're going to fight for you. Tom Skopinich is licensed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So he can help you on either side of the river. And as you're driving right now, you might see all the billboard lawyers, as I call them, all the clowns up there with their little, you know, little gimmicks and everything. See, the reason why you want to use Tom Skopinich is he used to work for and on behalf of the insurance companies. So he knows their strategies and tactics. Plus, you deal with him directly. You deal with my buddy Tom Skopinich directly. You think the billboard clowns are going to talk to you directly? No, but he will. And that's the beautiful part about it. Plus, he's a smart guy and you need a smart guy. A lot of times people think, all right, I've been hurt in an accident. I've been involved in an accident. I'm going to just trust the insurance companies. But insurance companies are big businesses and they're concerned with their own bottom line. You need somebody who's going to be concerned with your bottom line. That's Tom Skopinich. Go to scopelawyer.com. S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com scopelawyer.com he's a fighter he's a good man and he'll fight for you scopelawyer.com we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so uh, I'll play a little bit. Not my, I don't want to play the whole thing. Biden is just is the worst. But I'm just going to play for you a little bit about what Biden said today as he spoke from the White House. Obviously, this is important, clearly. So take a listen. You know, there are moments in this life, I mean this... Literally, when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This is an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered. I just go slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. Parents butchered using their bodies to try to protect their children. Stomach turning reports of being babies being killed. Entire families slain. Young people massacred while attending a musical festival to celebrate peace, to celebrate peace. Women raped, assaulted, paraded as trophies. Families hid their fear for hours and hours, desperately trying to keep their children quiet to avoid drawing attention. And thousands of wounded, alive but carrying with them the bullet holes and the shrapnel wounds and the memory of what they endured. You all know these traumas never go away. There's still so many families desperately waiting to hear the fate of their loved ones, not knowing if they're alive or dead or hostages. Infants in their mother's arms, grandparents in wheelchairs, Holocaust survivors abducted and held hostage. Hostages whom Hamas has now threatened to execute in violation of every code of human morality. It's abhorrent. The brutality of Hamas, these Bloodthirstiness brings to mind the worst, the worst rampages of ISIS. This is terrorism. But sadly, for the Jewish people, it's not new. This attack has brought to the surface painful memories and the scars left by a millennia of anti-Semitism and genocide 
of the Jewish people. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. And we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's right to dignity and self-determination. Its stated purpose is the annihilation of the state of Israel on the murder of Jewish people. They use Palestinian civilians as human shields. Hamas offers nothing but terror so, and bloodshed with no... Obviously, it was a... Um, no, it's, it's... He went on and... He said all the right things regarding support of Israel, and he rightly so pointed out all the brutality of Hamas. He did not bring up Iran, though. And again, I'm wondering if people that wrote that for him are at this point hoping that Iran is not going to do anything stupid here that's going to escalate the situation. Israel, though, is going to make sure that they get to the bottom of this. Don't don't underestimate Benjamin Netanyahu. Don't underestimate that. Benjamin Netanyahu is a guy who takes the security of Israel very, very seriously. And what you also have to realize, too, is that when you've got people saying, comparing this to the Holocaust in the sense of how tremendously emotional this was for them, like Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, who said the following, cut four. Not since the Holocaust. Have so many Jews been killed on one day? And not since the Holocaust have we witnessed scenes of Jewish women and children, grandparents, even Holocaust survivors, being herded into trucks and taken into captivity. Hamas has imported, adopted, and replicated the savagery of ISIS, entering civilian homes on holy day and murdering in cold blood whole families, young and old, violating and burning bodies, beating and torturing their innocent victims, Jews and Muslims and other faiths. The brutality, the inhumanity, the barbarity of monsters, not humans, monsters. Over the past days, I have spoken with leaders from around the world who expressed their deep outrage at the attack, including Vice President Harris, Secretary of State Blinken, the heads of the EU, the UN, NATO, and other closer to home, like my friend President of the United Arab Emirates, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed. I call on all nations around the world. First, most importantly, make clear and loud condemnation of Hamas's actions. Just as you have condemned the abhorrent and unspeakable actions of ISIS, because today they are one and the same. Second, those nations that have yet to do so, designate Hamas in its entirety as a terrorist body. Third, make clear that Hamas carries full responsibility and accountability for the well-being of the hostages it has taken and demand their immediate return to Israel. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on uh, all of this stuff. And I played for you a little bit about what Trump said. I mean, he slammed Biden. Obviously, he was in Waterloo, Iowa over the weekend. And um, he also talked about how what Biden has done here is toss Israel to bloodthirsty terrorists and jihadists 
Cut number six. When I was your president, we had peace through strength. And now we have weakness, conflict, and chaos. The atrocities we're witnessing in Israel would never have happened if I was president. Would never have ever happened. When I was commander-in-chief, we reduced the Iranian economy. And I withdrew from the disastrous Iran nuclear deal, imposed the toughest ever sanctions on the regime, and imposed a strict travel ban to keep radical Islamic terrorists the hell out of our country. Now they're pouring into our country. They're pouring into our country. Joe Biden undid it. He undid it all and gave billions and billions of dollars to the world's top sponsor of terror, tossing Israel to the bloodthirsty terrorists and jihadists. You saw that just recently, Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, he's another beauty, bragged to the, this is like a couple of days ago, like yesterday, he bragged to a foreign policy audience, quote, the Middle East region is quieter today than it's been in two decades. Oh, how's that working out? They just attacked Israel. And it's been a hotbed beyond that, even beyond that. This war happened for three reasons. The allowing by the Biden administration of Iran to sell massive amounts of oil and making $60 billion a year. People don't talk about that. They talk about the $6 billion. But they gave them $6 billion in ransom money. We got six, they got six. We got five, they got five. But then what happened is they also got $6 billion. So we got five and they got five. And on top of the five, they got $6 billion. Somehow, that's not a good deal. And our country has perceived weakness with an incompetent and corrupt leader, Joe Biden, who's laughed at all over the world. And Joe Biden betrayed Israel. So there you go. And this is obviously going to heat up in the 2024 election. There's no question about that. I think a lot of people who are thinking about the state of the world right now are nervous about the state of the world and they're nervous about the economy. You know, the conversation I had earlier is the United States of America seems like we're getting stretched a little thin here around the world. And yet when Trump was president, I, I don't remember the world being like this. Do you? I mean, I know the world was a dangerous place, obviously, but we weren't embroiled in Ukraine. Russia had not invaded Ukraine. Hamas had never pulled anything close to this. That's for damn sure. And there were always flare ups between uh, Israel and these lunatics over there, but nothing like this. I mean, nothing like this, obviously. And China doing things encroaching on the South China Sea and, of course, the hypersonic missile development. And all these things seem to be occurring recently in the last couple of years. And let's also not forget the way how a lot of these countries tinker with the mar markets to affect oil prices, too, which they also know screws us and emboldens China and emboldens Russia, too. All of these things in, in all of this, that's happening around the world, you can't pretend like this is in a vacuum. And for all the talk about Trump starting World War III, we didn't really even talk about foreign affairs that much. We killed Soleimani. There were a lot of people who thought that was going to start war with Iran. He said, I'm not going to start war with Iran, but Soleimani had to go. They killed him, bombed him and blew up his car. We didn't, we were talking about leaving Afghanistan, but we didn't leave. We, if, had Trump been president, and we actually had left Afghanistan, which I do believe he was ultimately going to do. It was a campaign promise he meant. We certainly would not have left it the way we left it. With, you know, leaving, leaving weapons behind and leaving people behind and allowing the Taliban to take complete control. And, and, then, and this is the ultimate betrayal. Betraying the people that fought with us in the war on terror and just turning them over to the Taliban for them to be raped and tortured and killed by the Taliban because they were viewed as traitors.
I'll never forget Ryan Mannion being on the phone with me as she was working using satellites to help get the Afghani freedom fighters who were fighting along with the United States out of out of Kabul before the Taliban complete takeover. We gave up the airstrip. We just gave it up. We I mean, it's a disaster, a disaster. The foreign policy in this country has been an absolute disaster. And having brought up the border yet, having brought up the fact that you've got this wide open southern border where you, you've got people from Venezuela and Mexico and all these other countries just pouring in every single day, just pouring on in. Come on in. Knowing that at some point they're going to be legally allowed to stay here and probably get citizenship in a matter of time and then be able to vote, too. It's a, it, it's a chaotic mess. But mean tweets. Trump had a lot of mean tweets. So I could understand the angst. I mean, God, those mean tweets. How did we ever deal with mean tweets? Like the world's on fire right now. The United States of America seems to be at its most pivotal position. Our military spent the last four years, despite what Mark Milley said on his way out or, yeah, Milley. The United States of America has been for the last four years focused on DEI and making sure that the the military is woke and it's all the other nonsense. Our priorities are all wrong. They're completely wrong. And peace through strength has vanished. And you know why it's vanished? I'll tell you the reason why. I always tell you, go back to the root philosophy of things. The root philosophy of the people on the left today, the root philosophy is the United States is a bad place. So start with that position. Israel's a bad place. Start with that position. And then if you start from there, you could understand why they don't want America to, to provide peace through strength around the world, because in their mind, peace through strength equals colonialism and oppression and everything else. And the Palestinian people are oppressed. Therefore, that justifies the brutal attacks by Hamas. And it justifies the Iranian backing of Hamas because the Palestinian people are oppressed by the bad guy, Israel, who stands with the bad guy, the United States. Understand that that's your starting point with the modern day left. And then that's all you need to know. It's the same left that doesn't condemn China for their brutality and doesn't condemn China for their human rights violations. It's the very same left that I really don't think would care if China went into Taiwan tomorrow. I don't think they'd care. I think they would think what's well, China's, it's theirs. And, you know, who the hell are we to say anything about that? Because they're all over the place with their foreign policy, the left. You can you can never understand and figure it out. But knowing that oppression is at the heart of everything, the way they view the world. Except uh, when you deal in a situation like we're in right now with with the brutality that's shown by Hamas, and then you they actually justify this as this is this is some sort of a Palestinian independence movement or something like that. I looked up Jack Carr's tweet. He had this uh, tweet that he put out a while ago. It was a uh, anniversary you probably remember when this happened a while ago and it was i remember this like it was yesterday because it was the achille lori was that italian ship and let's see if we can find the tweet for you here he said on october 7th 1985 the italian cruise ship the achille loro was hijacked by four members of the palestine liberation front off the coast of alexandria egypt they demanded the release of 50 palestinians imprisoned in israel and specifically threatened to kill the united states and british passengers if those demands were not met the terrorists diverted the ship towards syria killing 69 year old leon klinghoffer you remember this 
an American citizen in his wheelchair on October 8th when they were denied permission to anchor in Syrian waters. Through negotiations, the ship docked in Port Said, Egypt, where they surrendered to Egyptian authorities on October 9th. The following day, as part of the negotiated settlement between Egypt and PLO representative Abu Abbas, the hijackers boarded an Egypt air flight to Tunisia. The same day, President Ronald Reagan ordered F-14s from the USS Saratoga to force the Egypt air flight down at a NATO airbase in Signola, Sicily, where the terrorists were eventually arrested by the Italians. Also on board were Abu Abbas and Egyptian diplomat Zaid Imad Hamid. It is rumored that an East Coast-based SEAL team was prepared to board the Achille Loro and were also on the ground in Italy surrounding the plane after it was forced down. Jack Carr continues, I have it on good authority that those operators involved wanted nothing more than to put a more final end to the incident. Instead, in July 1986, an Italian court sentenced the hijackers to prison sentences ranging from 15 to 30 years. Mohammed Zaidan, more commonly referred to as Abu Abbas, and widely believed to have planned the hijacking, was quietly moved from Italy to Rome, where he boarded a flight to Yugoslavia, landing there on October 12th. From there, he flew to Yemen, and ultimately to Baghdad, where Saddam Hussein provided him sanctuary for his absentia Italian sentencing of life imprisonment. He remained wanted by the U.S. for terrorism, piracy, and murder for the next 18 years. Then, on April 14th, 2003, he was captured by U.S. Special Operations Forces in Baghdad. In March of 2004, while still in custody, he died of natural causes. What a shame. We'll be right back. we got a lot more to chat about before the show's up, and I throw it over to the great one, Mark Levin, so don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. You know, I got to... Uh remind you friday is the grand hotel because i know that you might forget so don't forget come join us friday october 13th live at the grand but for now tuesday's gone with the wind but friday the 13th will be fun live show we're gonna have a great time together and uh it'll be an uplifting show i'm sure because whenever we get together we have fun we do our best uh i sent you a clip matt of president ronald reagan talking about when they delivered the terrorists to the Italians. It just, I don't know, I just it reminds me of a time it felt to me like America was respected around the world. America was, they didn't, they didn't mess with us. They, they understood that we would kick, we'd kick some ass if he came after us or our people. And I don't get a sense that the world feels that way about the United States of America at the present moment. And I think Reagan's doctrine of peace through strength is certainly one that, uh, was used by Trump, obviously. And it'd be nice if we could get back to that place. I miss him. I really do. I'm sure you do as well. You have that? Okay, take a listen. Most of all, I am proud to be the commander-in-chief of the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines who deployed, supported, and played the crucial role in the delivery of these terrorists to Italian authorities. They and the men and women of our Foreign Service and Intelligence Community perform flawlessly in this most difficult and delicate operation. They have my gratitude and I'm sure the gratitude of all of their countrymen. These young Americans sent a message to terrorists everywhere. A message you can run, but you can't hide. End of statement. Okay. 
but then there's Trump, who roasted New England in a speech. Also said nice things about Philadelphia. This is a good. This is a good note. Since we are what five and zero right now, the Eagles. Yes, Five sir. and yes. zero. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, this is what he said. Cut 21. For him to negotiate with President Xi of China is like my high school football team playing the, let's see, what's a good team nowadays? Philadelphia's good. You know, they change a little bit. I used to say New England. I used to say the Patriots. I'd, I'd love to be able to say the Patriots. He's a great guy, great coach, but uh, they have a little hard time. But uh... <laughs> is that really him, or is that? It sounds like the uh, impersonator. No, it's it? actually him. It's it's uh, the audio quality is terrible, but that's that's. Philadelphia is good, him. pretty he's, good. He's describing Bill Belichick without saying his name. Yeah. <laughs> up in New England. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia is good, pretty good. Five and zero, oh, you know. Philadelphia Eagles get a shout out from Donald Trump. There you go. Bad things happen in Philadelphia, except with the Eagles and the Phillies tomorrow night. How we look? So the, the game's at what time tomorrow? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Yeah, five. So five. basically, why don't we just play the game at five o'clock? Because I think I, everybody's tired of all the depressing things in the world. You know what? I'm I'm right there with you. I'd yeah. Be happy now stay on the air. Time. We just yeah. talk about the game. I, I'm okay with and that. You have your bell. We can ring. I do. Oh shoot! Do. My headphones came out. Where your little bell, Henry? Ring your bell. Go ahead. Ring your bell. There you go. Every time the Phillies <laughs> score tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I'm expecting runs. You are? From both sides. I think it's going to be complete fireworks. Oh, okay. Good. I hope so. We need a good game like that. Yeah. Then we come back to Philadelphia. Assuming we beat Atlanta tomorrow, where, when do we come back? Uh, it would be... No, we're in Philadelphia uh, yeah. tomorrow. No, That's we're in what Philadelphia. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, First we two are in Atlanta, Philly next tomorrow. two are, he- are here. Yeah. That's right. Duh. And, and there's hopefully a big no block more party. Than that. That's it. Tomorrow and Thursday, big block party in South Philadelphia. And I know people are going. Totally. Well, two of our own are going. What's his, the two of them? Yeah, Lorenzo well, and Dan. Dan. Yeah, they're going. Yeah. They're going ju- to chime in from the show. Can't wait to hear how, how much fun they're having. We're all inside. <laughs> I got to take this live on my show. <laughs> Stocker sends out an email today about this whole thing. You guys are on it. They're on it. Dom's on it. Then he writes back in another email, forgot to add Zioli. Like, oh, thanks, dude. That's fine. <laughs> Everybody be chiming in during my show. You forgot, you forgot me. I'm, I'm, I'm easily oh, yeah, forgettable. That it's guy. all right. Yeah, that guy, you know. All right. Well, that's the show. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Tomorrow we will have extensive uh, Philadelphia coverage for you. In the meantime, prayers to the people of Israel. Keep them coming to their families, the uh, friends and families of those who have family over there. Uh, keep them in your prayers as well, okay? Please do that. We'd appreciate that very, very much. Have a great rest of your night. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you for listening. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle.
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.